0: Hello, I'm Brian. I'm the senior minister at Harmony Christian Church. If you'd like to find out more about us, you can go to HarmonyChurch.tv. And while you're there, you can send us a message if you'd like. Or if you'd like to send us a donation, you can do that as well. You can click on either one-time giving or recurring giving. we appreciate that. If you'd like to give us a call, you can give us a call at 405-391-7310. If you'd like to mail us something, mail us maybe a gift, you can do that by sending, us, sending mail to... 7100 South Choctaw Road,
1: Choctaw, Oklahoma, 73020. So maybe you have had the same experience that I've had here
0: recently. There was a gentleman that came by the church. They were looking for some gas to, to, for their car. And so they were like, you know, they had this really long story, but basically they just wanted some gas for their car. And for those that don't know, our church building, it's close to a major highway, and it's also close to a gas station that's nearby, And so I just told him, hey, let's just go over to this gas station and we'll get some gas for your car. So we went over there and I put some money on the gas pump for him. And I went outside and and here's the experience that I had that maybe you've had recently. And I walk outside and I went to go say, hey, you know, like, have a good day. And I stuck my hand out to shake his hand. And he, and he kind of looked at me and he, and he looked at my hand and then he looked back at me. And then he kind of went like, like, what? Like he didn't know what to do. And I was like, and in that moment, I realized, like, oh, yeah, like, we got all this thing going on, like, don't worry about it, like, just have a good day, you know, and then another time I was at the grocery store, and maybe you've had this experience, you're standing there at the grocery store, and you notice that there's the, there's that little clear sort of barrier between you and the cash register person, you know, whoever's going to be there that day, You, you notice that, and then also on the floor, you'll notice there's those little, those little stickers on the floor you're supposed to keep six feet apart, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've noticed this, that if if that person isn't standing on that little six-foot marker, people start to get really antsy. They start to kind of look around at each other and point out and get a little antsy, give some weird looks to the person that's not necessarily six feet apart from the other person. We we get really antsy about that. I I guess what I'm trying to say is this, is that one of the casualties it would seem to me during this time has been the amount of fear and the amount of fear that we have for other people. Maybe maybe you've noticed that. Now, that's not unusual. We, we do live in a culture of fear. We live in a culture that is consumed with fear. Uh, we're afraid of our next-door neighbor because we don't really talk to him that much. Uh, we're afraid of people in another political party that's not like our political party. We're we're afraid of people that don't speak English very well. We're afraid of people that don't look like us. There's just a lot of things that we're afraid of. We live in a culture
1: that is consumed by fear. But, But fear necessarily doesn't have to be a bad thing. If you're staying at home
0: because you're afraid of getting sick, or you're staying home to try to be as responsible as you can, so that somebody else doesn't
1: get sick, then that's a good thing. That's okay. If if somebody threatens your physical body and
0: you react to that out of fear, that's a good thing. If you're driving your car like a long distance and you realize, you know, I'm getting kind of tired and I don't know if I should continue because if I keep driving, then I could get so tired that I could crash. And so, out of that fear of crashing, you pull over and you decide to take a a little nap for a while so you know you can drive a little further later. That's a good thing. That's okay. that That kind of fear is a good thing, but, but sometimes fear can get a hold
1: of us. Sometimes fear can get a little out of control for us like like, for example, if you live here in America. And you are afraid, you're you're scared,
0: you live in fear that a terrorist is going to kill you, then statistically speaking, statistically speaking, you have a greater chance of being killed by a TV falling on you than being killed by a terrorist. But we live with this fear. The fear of like what could possibly happen? So we all live in this kind of a fear. We all have all kinds of things that we're afraid of. And for some people, fear is something that can really just kind of grip us and get a hold out of us. Sometimes it feels like, sometimes fear can in our lives can be like, it's almost like a dam that is broken. And it's just flooding out into our lives. And it doesn't seem like there's really anything that we can do to stop it. And that's how some people feel. It's just this constant flow of fear. And we're just not sure how to stop it. We're just not sure what to do with it. So we have all kinds of things that we're concerned about. Financial concerns, we're worried about our kids, we're worried about our future, we're worried about economic calamity. There's all kinds of things that we're afraid and concerned of and it can just really get a grip on us. And so, like, what do you do? Like, Like, what do you do when you turn the TV
1: on every day and we're getting body counts? I mean, this is some scary stuff. What do you do with that
0: in In the Bible? There are these stories about angels showing up to what would seem to be completely random people angel and, and, and telling them that Jesus is going to be born. so angels show up to a carpenter. angels show up to a group of shepherds. angels show up to an elderly couple angel. Uh, shows up to a scared, out of their mind,
1: teenage girl. And the thing that this angel has to say is, is do not fear. Do not fear. Now, it would be perfectly natural that if you saw an angel, that you'd be afraid of that. Like,
0: I would be afraid right now, if wherever it is that you're watching this video, that if an angel were to appear and standing right next to you right now, and you weren't afraid of that, well, then I'd be worried for you, cause it would be perfectly natural to be afraid if an angel appeared just all of a sudden. we get a little bit of this in the book of in the book of Luke chapter one of verse thirty one of verse thirty and thirty one it says this, but the angel said to her. Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with
1: God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Mary is scared because she feels like she's in danger, which is perfectly natural. It's perfectly natural for her to be afraid. She's probably more afraid of being killed than anything. But notice that the
0: angel here doesn't call Mary on the carpet. The the angel doesn't say, Mary, because you're afraid, obviously it means that you don't have any faith. Or Mary, because you're afraid, obviously that means that you don't believe in God or that God's far away from you.
1: That's not what this angel has to say. Somebody's telling Mary. Maybe you
0: have had some similar conversations. I know in my house with my with my kids, I've had some conversations about just what is coronavirus, what's kind of going on, and just a lot of scared and unknown things that are out there, like what's happening and what does this mean and any, we've talked about you know the way it's kind of affected the economy and it, certainly their friendships. Just it's affected all kinds of stuff it's just it's disrupted and it's disturbed a great many a thing. and so in our house, like I've noticed, like there's been some sleepless nights, there's been like that butterfly in the stomach kind of feeling. there's been going to the kitchen it seems like every five minutes to get something to eat when you're not really hungry,
1: and all of those are signs that fear and anxiety are present. And it's perfectly natural to be afraid. It's perfectly natural to be afraid. So this angel
0: doesn't look at Mary and say, hey, look, Mary, your reaction is completely over the top and unnecessary. And Mary, what you need to do is just calm down.
1: It's not what the angel says. It's not what she says at all. I mean, Mary is being called into something that is going to revamp
0: and remap the entire world. She doesn't have a grasp of all that. She doesn't know what the future holds for any of those things. She doesn't She doesn't get all that. What Mary knows right now is she is in the most unusual, weird thing that she has ever been in. And she's scared. And she has all the right to be scared. And just because she's afraid does not mean that she doesn't have any faith. Just because she's afraid
1: doesn't mean that God is somewhere else doing something else. Mary was feeling fearful, and actually, it was her moment of favor. And and often in the church, we have confused the word favor with blessing,
0: and we've confused blessing with wealth and money.
1: There's nothing about God's favor that should suggest to us ease and comfort. What
0: the angel tells Mary is, don't be afraid. Why? Because the message I have for you, Mary, is that God's favor is on you. So in in the midst of your fear, in the midst of you being surprised by all this, Mary, believe it or not, this is your moment of favor. That's what's going on here, Mary. That, That is what's happening. So, why do angels keep showing up and telling people, "Do not fear?" because moments like these are likely where the fear the most fearful moments of our lives are when God is the closest to us. Maybe you remember this story, so Jesus and the disciples are on a boat, and there's a storm that comes up, and Matthew tells us that the disciples become scared like they're terrified they're terrified and that says something like that's a big deal i mean think about that here are the disciples the vast majority of which are fishermen like since the time that they've been little little kids all they've done is gone fishing so they know what it is to be on a boat they know what it's like to go fishing and they have definitely been in storms at sea before but this storm must be Particularly bad or nasty, scary. It, it, it's so scary that it's got them so riled up. The the seasoned fishermen, they are so scared that they go and they. And Jesus is on the boat and they go wake him up. And then here's what Matthew tells us in Matthew chapter eight verse twenty six. It tells us this. He replied, "You have little faith. Why are you so afraid?" Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, "What kind of man?" Is this, even the wind and the
1: waves obey him. There's times in our lives where it's totally natural to be afraid. And that's true for adults. It's true for kids. Being afraid does not mean that God is absent. You know, here just a little bit ago,
0: we all celebrated Easter we did it in a different kind of way than we've really ever done it before, but we celebrated Easter and for Christians that's our reminder, not just about a past event that happened like forever ago, but it's a, it's an event that we remember that went through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection he has achieved a great victory. It's a victory that means we can all have a resurrection. We can all have new creation. we can all have new life and that can happen right now today. And it also tells us that in this great victory is a total victory, and it's even a victory over fear, over fear. My kids, when they were little, handled swimming in a pool a little differently. Caleb, he didn't like getting water on his face too much. When he was in a pool, he kind of liked to kind of bob around a little bit. And he liked to be close to the edge of the pool, just in case if he felt a little insecure for a minute, he could always reach up and grab the side of the side of the pool there and kind of feel safe and secure. He didn't like to go underwater and hold his breath. and that He just kind of liked to bob around and splash in the water a little bit. That's kind of what he wanted to do. Austin, I think that kid was born with gills. When he was little, you could just throw him into the water and he just took off like a fish. He was under the water, he was above the water, he was holding his breath, he was splashing, he was jumping. And his brother was over there just kind of holding on to the side of the pool like, uh, I kind of like this, but I'm not real sure about it. Like he was just really kind of timid about the whole thing. I remember one time we were on a family vacation and we were at, the, we made it to the hotel and we get to the hotel. And just like any hotel, it had kind of like that hotel pool, you know, and we got to the hotel pool and man, we struck gold. Because nobody else was there but us. And it was great. So we got, we're splashing and jumping and playing around in the pool. It was awesome. And then Caleb was swimming in the deep end of the pool. I mean, it's, it's a hotel pool. So it's not real deep, but it's a little bit deeper than the other side of the pool. And he was kind of splashing around over there and he, he was looking for a little bit of help. And it was one of those moments where as a parent, where you kind of have that moment of like, I think that you have more strength than you believe you do. I think that you have more ability than you think that you do. And so I kind of supported him there for a minute while he was swimming in this little deeper end of the pool. And then I just let go and let him swim on his own. And and for a moment, he was doing just fine. He was swimming along. And then he realized, like, oh, like, where'd dad go? And he started splashing and splashing and splashing and splashing. And, and in that moment, I had to grab him. And I had to, you know, bring him back to the side of the pool. And he looks at me, he's like, he's like, like, thanks, Dad. And it was almost like he was trying to say something like, like you saved me. Well, I didn't save him. I was there the whole time. I never went anywhere. I think that that same sort of scenario is true for all of us. I I, I think that we are in some very strange and unpredictable times and all we need is just one more little headline and the fear factor in our lives just turns up even louder but I think that the message of scripture is
1: clear and straightforward God has not left us and he hasn't abandoned us And in
0: those moments where we are so full of fear, it could also be the moment where God is the closest to us. Just because we're scared and afraid doesn't mean that God has abandoned us or left
1: us. Just because we have fear doesn't mean that we don't have faith. Leave you with this thought. This is by Jan Richardson says this.
0: If you would enter into the wilderness, do not begin without a blessing. Do not leave without hearing who you are. Beloved, named by the one who has traveled this path before you, do not go without letting it echo in your ears. And if you find it's hard to let it get into your heart, do not despair. That is what this journey is for. I cannot promise this blessing will free you from danger or fear, or hunger, or thirst, from the scorching of the sun, or the fall of the night. But I can tell you that on this path there will be help. I can tell you that on this way there will be rest. I can tell you that you will know the strange graces that come to our aid only on a road such as this, that fly to meet us bearing comfort and strength, That come alongside us from no other cause Than to lean themselves toward our ear
1: And with their curious insistence Whisper our name Beloved 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 Jesus was never that far away from the disciples In the midst of their fear
0: God was with them Could it be that in this moment
1: God isn't far away, but maybe he's closer than you ever imagined. God bless you.